Welcome to another episode of Journeys in Entrepreneurship. Today, we have John Tani Obaro, the Group Managing Director of System Specs Holding Limited, a foremost financial technology and human resources solutions provider. John Obaro founded System Specs in 1992 as a West African partner to System Union UK often the Sun System suits of solutions. The company soon started developing its proprietary payroll and human resource management solution, Human Manager, which has become the preferred choice for many leading public and private sector organizations, including SMEs in Nigeria and West Africa. System Specs also developed Remita, a leader in the Nigerian e-payment space, it enables efficient and easy payment and collection of funds for individuals and corporate organizations on a single interbank platform. John's successful entrepreneurial adventure in software development architecture has attracted and continues to attract attention from local and international quarters. Interviewing him is Precious Aleaji, the co-founder of Stybit a fashion tech startup developing the operating system to enable fashion businesses in Africa thrive and succeed. He has been named a global change maker by the African Development Bank. Precious believes technology can be used to solve real-world problems. He's a strong advocate for sustainable fashion and is working to build a more ethical and eco-friendly fashion industry. Join us as we listen to their journeys in entrepreneurship in the technology space. Hello everyone, I'm Precious Aliaji, the co-founder of Starbit. Welcome to Journeys in Entrepreneurship Season 3. With me today is Mr. John Tanya Barrow, the technology luminary that builds system specs. If you've ever interacted with the government on any level, you've ever had to pay online, you've ever had to register your business or do something similar, you must have used Remita, a product of System Specs. And today, we have the good fortune of speaking with him and learning from his journey over the past 44 years. Good afternoon, Mr. John. Thank you. I would like to ask you a couple of questions and learn from your experience over the years, starting with your background. You've transformed the face of technology in Nigeria. You built FinTech before we even knew what FinTech was. And I'd like to dive into your background to learn from you what your motivations are, what drove you to start System Specs and the founding story of System Specs. Thank you very much for those flattery words. My head is well. Um, I actually studied computer science, mathematics with computer science, uh, finished 79 and um, did an MBA at Unilag. Worked briefly thereafter trying to sell computers for about six months. I failed. I didn't succeed in selling any. Um, so I knew I had to go back to my base, which is software. Uh, I moved into the banking industry, spent about 10 years in the banking industry, uh, where I learned a lot about opportunities. And um, from there, I saw the need, a wide gap in the especially in the private sector, in the use of computers in Nigeria. And that was what gave birth to System Specs. So I started System Specs in 1992, 
and um, by God's grace we've been running since then. Um, we started out by representing a UK firm to uh, implement their solution, sell and implement their solutions in Nigeria. It's called Sun Systems, part of the Info Group now, an ERP platform. And from there, we created our payroll package, which today is known as Human Manager. Uh, I'm just skipping uh, some of the points on getting to Human Manager itself. And then from Human Manager, we give birth to Remita uh, about 15, 16 years ago. And, um, People know us more for Remita, but Remita and Human Manager, two of our main products. We have a number of other products on the sideline, but let me leave that at that now. Yeah, thank you so much. While you while you spoke, um, you mentioned phases of the journey. Do you mind sharing with us some of the challenges you faced while building system specs? Well, I guess one of the major challenges um, staff retention. Uh, we've gone through at least maybe two or three major phases of um, mass staff exit. And we're in the middle of another, as everybody knows, the current Jaguar syndrome. Uh, it, it's a very destructive uh, challenge, so we have that. And then the second one is that you operate in an environment uh, with all due respect to governments generally. Uh, that have struggled to appreciate the worth of uh, intellectual contribution to society. That can be very discouraging by itself. So uh, those are two of the major challenges that we've had to battle with. Thank you so much, sir. Over the years, you've managed to develop disruptive technology across multiple sectors. Do you mind sharing with us your playbook for identifying the right opportunity and moving well, incidentally, one of the things that I try to do is to say, what are the challenges that I have? Anything that is a challenge to you is actually an opportunity. So if you see something you're struggling with, you're not the only one struggling with it. If you can come up with a solution for it, then there probably will be a market for it. So uh, like I said, we had Sun Systems, which was our first product. It wasn't our own product. Who were representing the agents in Nigeria. But we had staff to pay. And um, we couldn't be paying them manually, of course, for the first few months. You know, you're just struggling and using uh, spreadsheets. And then we had to think of coming up with the software to prepare payroll. And then you now had to start managing staff information, leave, performance, appraisals. And all of that had to start coming in. Um, pensions, which you had to calculate. This was before the current Pencom Act. So we came up with those solutions. And then we're having reconciliation challenges. We came up with a product which we call SpecRec. Okay, our first products were the SpecP, SpecMan. And then we had SpecRec. SpecRec failed, and um, we quickly dropped it. Okay, and. Um, we now brought the ones that succeeded together to form Human Manager. So Human Manager actually came in from the payroll and the human resource application. And then when you want to pay to the bank, you had the challenge of again having to send manual instructions to the bank. 
and that was part of how we started thinking of Remita. Then when the Bencom Act was created uh, by the Obasanjo regime around 2004, we already saw that there would be a need you know, to have an efficient platform to send staff data to Bencom. When you finish your I mean, uh, payment of salaries, you will need to pay PFAs. So we saw an opportunity there. And that catalyzed development of Remita. So Remita actually started out as a solution to pay salaries and pension to uh, PFAs. And then we now saw that, look, you also need to do something for taxes because you can have staff across different states. So we then decided that, look, why don't you have a solution that at the press of a button, salaries are paid to staff account, pension paid to PFA accounts, taxes paid to the relevant states. If there are cooperatives, payments made to all necessary parties at the touch of a button. So we started up by wanting to solve our own problems. I think that, that. That's amazing. So at this stage, this would have been mostly individual companies that used a lot of the human management solutions. But as you progressed and you developed Remita, it became a product that the government really, really adopted. And in fact, Remita really helped transform the way governments do business on multiple levels. Today, a lot of entrepreneurs are actually averse to the idea of working with government. What would be your advice around working with the government in, in, as a customer from an innovation standpoint and also working with the government from a policy standpoint? You know, incidentally, one of your questions, which I, I mean, you asked um, part of my regrets and challenges. And I would say, you know, working with government, it has its, its pros, it has its cons. We did not start out working with government. But one of the sad issues I deal with today is that many people think Remita is about government. That is wrong. Okay. We actually had operated for how many years? before uh, you know, we, we talked to the central bank that look, since we're now doing a number of things in the financial movement the space, would we need a financial license or not? Nobody was sure. This was even before the term FinTech became a thing worldwide. So we applied to CBN just to acquaint them with what we were doing. And um, so they gave us a new objection letter. It wasn't a license, it was a new objection letter. And um, after about one or two years, they came in and said, just to review what we were doing. And it was in the process of the review that one conversation led to another. That, ah, you mean the platform can do this? The platform can do this. Please come over to Abuja. Then we now went to Abuja, made presentations uh, to uh, multi-stakeholder uh, meetings. Um, that was what gave birth to. TSA conversations, okay? Because at that point in time, working with the World Bank, there was a need for TSA, but they said there was no technology to do it, and the project was going to be suspended for two years. When they now saw Remita, it was, Remita can do this. Everybody fell in love, and that's how we got into government. Uh, it was fun at the beginning, but um, you also have the political side of government, and um, for somebody who really wants to do pure tech, it's very very distracting and i'll tell you it's one of the major things we've had to deal with 
I know many people will say, oh, there's a lot of money in government, therefore you want to go into government. But as a young entrepreneur, I would say find a way of building your business, preferably outside government. Sad truth. Build your business. When you are stable enough, then you can experiment to see if you can survive it. Otherwise, the business may die even before you take off. So, during your conversation now, you mentioned that you started with a level of advocacy. You went out to talk to the central bank and then they decided that oh, we'll give you a letter that just allows you to continue your business. That's like a lot of like work between your business and the government. How have you, how have you, how have that evolved over the years to become like, to help in policy formation and you know, the kind of interaction that enable the government to know that oh these are people who are doing something and we need to support them from from the policy standpoint you know after our first meeting with uh, the central bank guys um, a sort of good relationship then developed and um, a lot of committees were set up to advise on vision 2020 different visions on uh, financial inclusion and we've had the privilege of being invited to serve some of these committees. So a good number of my staff um, were chairing a number of these committees. And that gave an opportunity to be able to interact and add value. And um, of course, other areas of government need that too. We've been involved. And then of course, some industry associations. So you have the NCS, the ESPON, and very lately, the FinTech Nigeria um, group, which has, you know, uh, within a very short time, stabilized and really adding value. So under the, this kind of industry platforms, we're able to engage other arms of government. Incidentally, today, again, one of my staff is part of a delegation in Abuja to meet with the Minister of um, Science, I mean, of um, uh, Communications, Dr. Bosutijani, on how the industry can further work with him to face the challenges of the economy. All right, sir. So, over the years, as you've built SystemSpect, there have been a lot of innovative ideas and solutions coming out of the business, both internally and externally. A good example would be TeamPact, which is now MoneyPoint, that was recognized recently as the second fastest growing company in Africa. How have you been able to manage an innovative environment within your company, as well as a level of commitment that allows people to stay? The, the interesting thing is that um, no one product is the idea of one man. Okay, a lot of brainstorming goes on, a lot of cross-value add. Uh, so yeah, you may come up with an idea, but you have all these young people coming with different perspectives, and by the time we beat it all together, you have a product like Remita, okay? So, um, Team Apt, which you mentioned, oh, by the way, I prefer the name Team Apt to Money Point. I mean, some young guys, uh, the main founder came out of InterSwitch, but some of the other guys came out of System Specs, and they've done quite some interesting things. I mean, um, I respect them for what they're doing. They've gone beyond just copying, you know, um, what is, already in place. Many entrepreneurs I see today, they just want to copy what somebody else has done. 
exactly what somebody else has done. So it gets very interesting when you see people doing things that are creative and different rather than copy-paste. Thank you so much, sir. So today, the funding and VC landscape is not as bubbling as it was about two years ago. Um, and investors are not so interested in looking at very, very early stage company as much as they used to. During the time you were building system specs, the VC market was almost non-existent. How were you able to fund the business from start? And how have that evolved as you grew from one stage to the other? Like you said, the VC funding market is drying up. The honest truth is, I never understood it, even two years ago that you said. I mean, uh, I just couldn't understand some of the numbers uh, that were flying around. I, I, I couldn't comprehend them. Um, so I guess the rubber has hit the road. Um, people are now beginning to uh, do the numbers, I would say, more correctly. Uh, when we started system specs, in the first place, not many people even understood what software was. So there aren't many people you could go to to give you money uh, to support what they didn't understand. Uh, one of the few people who wanted to support me, I needed about a million naira to start the business. He agreed to give 300, um, but eventually was able to give the 100. And um, even that, after a few years, uh, he exited when he saw that the company was doing well and he needed some capital, I mean some cash. So it's difficult. Uh, then it was difficult then to get venture capitals because people didn't even understand the business at least in this part of the world uh, banks absolutely not an option and um, so you have to be creative you have to be creative what I did back in the day was to run training programs for the first part of system specs training programs that people could relate with and that gave us opportunity to raise cash to build the software business. So uh, I knew training was not what we wanted to do, but it was a means to an end, and it really helped. And by God's grace, we had good support from colleagues. It was also a time when uh, the Babangida regime had liberalized the banking industry. So I used to work in a bank called International Margin Bank, and a good number of the top executives of all the banks came out of IMB. So it was a little easier for me to go around all these banks to get patronage for our training programs. That's amazing. Like, um, today we don't really think about revenue as one really good way of, of, of funding our business. But from your story, I see that it's actually a very strong way through which we can, we can fund very new ventures. Thank you so much, sir. Um, so, you graduated from Amadou Bello University as far back as 1979, and since then you've been able to change the face of software in Nigeria. Last year, you got the Lifetime Achievement Special Award from the CIO Awards, and you've served on the board and in the leadership of a lot of industry organizations. How would you say this, what would you say is the state of software in Nigeria right now? And how do you see that evolving in the future? Yeah, thank you. Except that when I hear things like uh, lifetime achievement, legend, 
gives the impression that this man is an old man. I'm not old though. Yeah? We are in a tech space and um, it's for all young minds. So I'm young at heart and I'm part of the game and I still hope to be part of the game for quite some time to come. Um, the tech space is a very interesting place. You, you are learning every day. And, uh, one of my clear area now is AI. I'm scared at the kind of things that AI can do because it's going to send all of us back to school. Currently in Nigeria, we really don't have like, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if we have like a company that is developing like first class models, the way companies like OpenAI are doing currently. So what do you think like the future holds and how do you think that that could evolve within our own local environment? I mean, there are a number of things there are different areas in software you can focus on. Uh, we don't necessarily need to be at the very top from day one. I would rather even want to focus on immediate application areas that affect our day-to-day -day living in Nigeria. And there are a number of tools you can use to uh, begin to put some of these things together. So some of those tools, do you need to begin to reinvent them yourself? Maybe not. So, and some of these things are indeed very, very expensive. The kind of money you need to put together OpenAI, uh, the whole economy of Nigeria for many years to come, cannot even scratch that in the surface. But when they've put things together, we can benefit from it, use it efficiently, and then begin to add value back to the greater world beyond Nigeria. But let charity start from That's amazing. So the economic climate here in Nigeria is quite different from what we have in other places around the world. Entrepreneurs are tasked with the responsibility of actually building some of the core infrastructure compared to places in the world where almost everything is built, you just have to plug and play. What are the key factors of success in an economy like ours and what do you think that every entrepreneur should know? You see, every problem is local. Um, the challenges we have in Nigeria um, may not be challenges you have in other parts of the world. Uh, take for instance, under a human manager system, there was this issue of ghost workers. You probably don't have that, at least not as deeply as you have in African countries, as you have in the Western world. You go into an organization and especially government, they will say they are paying 100,000 workers. But in reality, Maybe you have just about 50,000 workers. Okay. Uh, so we had to come up with a solution. That was how biometrics came in. And even in the first phase of our solution, you discover that you do the biometrics for 50,000 people. Okay. Now, 50,000 people will get paid. But you see genuine workers come out and say they've not been paid. But 50,000 people were paid. You ask them, they bring their bank statements. And true, they, are not, they were not paid. What happened? Even though you did biometrics in isolation for 50,000 people, you prepared payroll separately for 50,000 people. When the list is going to the bank, people will substitute names. Okay? So ghost workers will get paid. Genuine workers that you verified were not paid. So what did we do? We now started thinking of how to bring everything together. So you do the biometrics on the same platform, the payroll on the same platform and the payment on the same platform and that was part of what gave rise to our integrated 
solution. So you speak to the problems as they affect you. And um, in the area of payment, for instance, uh, security-wise, Nigeria has done very well. Okay, I know we all talk about cyber security, financial fraud, but the level of security in Nigerian banking system is way better than what you have in many of the developed countries because we know that we have some interesting guys around us here. That's amazing. Um, so, sir, over the years, you've built a lot of young minds that have gone on to do amazing things. And even now, you're at a stage where system specs have grown and it's very advanced. How are you thinking about passing the mantle to the next generations? How are you implementing succession planning within your business? By God's grace, I was 65 uh, earlier this year. And um, it's clear that the pattern is to change one way or the other. And part of what we've done is we've created subsidiaries. So we actually have four subsidiaries now. We have um, system specs technologies. We have human manager limited. We have a company called Dealer. And then, of course, we have Remita. These are four different companies managed by three gentlemen and a lady. And each of them really, really taking their place and owning the space. Um, so I am gradually, you know, if not fully, reasonably detached from the day-to-day -day operations. And uh, I just maintain a supervisory view. Um, I'm now free to go to work when I want. I also work from home. And um, so I just go in when I want to, uh, just to get feedback on what's going on. And the idea is for each of these people and their team to be able to run things while I still have the benefit of being able to give guidance when necessary. Thank you so much for that, sir. Um, so what are the last words you, you'd like to leave with the technology entrepreneurs listening to this right now? Well, um, my first suggestion is don't just copy another company because you think they've succeeded. Okay, Have your own ideas and um, be very clear on the problem you want to solve. Many times people come up with solutions looking for a problem to solve. It should be the other way around. And um, success is a lot of hard work. If you're going to succeed in the tech, tech space, you need to pay attention to details. You need to pay attention to quality. Uh, it calls for a lot of persistence. And AI is here. It's going to change the rule of the game. The earlier you get into it, the easier things will, do, will be for you. Because it obviously can do a lot of things for you that um, I encourage you to get into that game as soon as possible. Thank you. So, thank you very much, Precious, for all the jump uh, exams. Uh, time for me to ask one. Are you jackpying soon? <laughs> and if yes, what do you want the rest of us here to do? Because with 200 million Nigerians, 10% of us cannot jump up. Okay. Even if 10% go, we are still left with 180 million. The remaining 180 million, how do you want us to survive? Uh, well, I'm a very strong believer in developing local solutions for our own environment. Thank you. And that's part of why I'm actually building Starbit in the first place. 
and the answer to our major question is it's actually um, for now it's no <laughs> but that's for now the good thing about doing business is that it unlocks the opportunity to travel around the world but if you can create local solutions in your local environment and make that environment better then what are you going to look for somewhere else in the world so no i'm not going anywhere in the meantime and i hope that even more people can follow in your footsteps and create solutions that change our environment change the way our government do things change the way people interact with their environment and just make nigeria a lot better um a second question how do you handle the issue of young people um, working with you in terms of their work culture work attitude and you needing to build a strong team how are you able to uh, get them motivated to work with you are they the equity holders in your business or you pay them very well or what is your plan along that way well Starbucks is a very young business <laughs> and so I've not had like the length of experience with people coming in and going out as you you've had oh prepare for that but <laughs> but in our own case it's been like because we're very young we're still at this phase where we are selling this vision and the members of our team of my team see this vision and see that we can also actually build something that changes fashion in Africa and actually empowers people within the fashion space to actually do things that we we are not currently doing as a continent and so besides vision we are we obviously have things like stock options in place such things that enables people to actually stay and and have a thought that oh this business can actually grow and i'll be able to benefit from the upside so that's it and um, that that that's how i've been able to keep my team congratulations and best wishes thank you so much sir thank you so much mr john Obaro, for sharing your wealth of experience it's been a privilege to learn from you thank you everyone for tuning in i hope you've learned so much just as i have bye for now thank you for listening to this episode of journeys in entrepreneurship this interview was recorded on the 17th of november 2023 at faith foundation's office in lagos we look forward to hearing about your aha moment in the comment section below and watch out for the next episode.